The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Website sm-tnsports.com. We um kind of burned the midnight oil, and I'm kind of feeling it this morning, to be honest. But um, the midnight oil, the one o'clock oil, and hey, and beyond, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. But you know, it's like I said, people don't want to hear about the labor pains; they just want to see the baby. And the baby as is at sm-tnsports.com. Go check it out. And try tons of coverage from last night's basketball, wrestling. Uh, you can find all of that on the website. First, this morning in this first segment, we would like at about about an hour ago, maybe 45 minutes ago or so, uh, found out that Independence's Jackson Campbell has made a college decision as he will continue to wear the Navy in gold. At Navy, which is, I feel like that's a really good spot for him. I feel like that's a great spot for him because it's, you know, traditionally with what they do offensively with um, Ken Namatololo, um, if he wants to play quarterback, I think he's going to have a fantastic opportunity to do so. And you look at um, Malcolm Perry who played his high school football up at Kenwood up in Clarksville and went on and, and starred in that offense. And I think he is um, with the Dolphins in some capacity, maybe on their practice squad. I'm not sure. But um, you look at Keenan Reynolds from Good Pasture who went up there and, and starred and set records at the quarterback position. I think Jackson Campbell has a skill set that's very comparable to both those guys just locally. And he may, as they like to say, he may spin it a little better than either of those guys, but he definitely has the running ability, in my opinion, of of both those guys. And so I, I, I don't know who else he was looking at, but I think, Strictly from a football perspective, this is a great call for him. And and from everything we've seen of him, when we've had opportunities to interact with him, it it seems to be a great fit for him on a personal level as well. Well, I'll tell you what he wrote, and I thought it was pretty pretty cool. He said, when I heard the lyrics, I've known you as a father, I've known you as a friend, and I have lived by the goodness of God. I knew that was a description of my life. And uh, he said, thank you to my parents for training me up as a hard worker and believing in me and encouraging me to dream. Thank you, Daryl and Terrell, for pushing me almost beyond my limits. You know, he just gives thanks. Thanks to the coaches. Thanks to, you know, God, get thanks to his teammates, and he's just a solid young man. Super, super humble young man, and 
I mean, solid is a perfect description of him. And, I mean, he's he's everything. I would think he's everything you would want as a student, as an athlete, as a teammate, you know. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he goes on to accomplish up there. I have a feeling it will be a lot. <laughs> so, Good luck to Jackson Campbell as he, like we said, continues to wear the Navy and gold as a member of the midshipmen. Go Navy. Beat Army. That's that's what he said. Hashtag <laughs> beat Army. <laughs> there you go. He, he knows. He knows. Of course, the last South Williamson player who committed to Navy <laughs> ended up at Eastern Kentucky, <laughs> Jalen uh, Herod. Jalen Herod. But um, Independence had a Navy commitment as well a few years back. Jalen Wade, Hmm. who, according to Dad Steve, is now stationed out in San Diego. That ain't bad. No. Hey, if if you can get it, that's good work. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I mean, 20-something years old and hanging out in San Diego. Oh, yeah. You can't beat it. I take it. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, we, we should probably mention that yesterday. The, speaking of the weights. Yeah, speaking of the weights, that yesterday the Mr. Football Awards, the Tennessee Titan Mr. Football Awards were handed out. And we talked to you on the show before they were handed out and just went ahead and told you that it's not sour grapes after, it was sour grapes before. <laughs> and uh, for and good it, reason. Yeah. So, why don't you just. Uh, Run them down for us. Well, I've got last names. I think I'll remember first names. I'm trying to pull it up. But um, <laughs> in um, in Class 1A, uh, South South Pittsburgh running back slash linebacker Hunter Frame won it over his teammate Jared Stone and Moore County quarterback Kyler Parker. So um, mm-hmm. congratulations to Mr. Frame. And the, we, we mentioned yesterday that Fayetteville beat – all three, three. yes, so. yes. So, congrats again to well the done, Tigers. To the Tigers, yeah. Um, Peabody's Khalid Ganaway won the Double A award. I do not remember who the other two finalists were. I don't have them written down. That's okay. Um, in Class Three A, no shock. Gray Carroll from <laughs> Alcoa won that one. Um. In Class 4A, Parker Hughes, the receiver at Elizabethton, won it over Bryson Rollins, the quarterback at Elizabethton. That was a little bit of a shock. I was a little surprised at that one. Hey, if if Troy Parker Hughes can win the Mr. Football in 4A, maybe Devontae Smith can win the Heisman Trophy over any other quarterback. You're taking that as as an omen, huh? I'm hoping. I'm hoping because he's by far the best football player in college football. So there you go. Um, in class six, a, I was a little stunned <laughs> that, um, CJ Taylor from Warren County won it and, and not stunned in a bad way. Yeah. Not stunned in a bad way. Po- positively stunned that Warren County's pleasantly surprised. There we go. <laughs> um, Warren County standout and Vanderbilt commitment. CJ Taylor won that award over, um, Jalen Hunt from McMahon County and, Clemson commit Jake Brennanstool from Ravenwood. Um, in Division 2A, Griffin Sweeney from Davidson 
won that award. Dietrich Pennington from Evangelical Christian School in Memphis won the Division II AA, and Dallin Hayden from Christian Brothers won the AAA award. Um, Tegan Linderink from Brentwood Academy was named Kicker of the Year over Oakland's Trey Turk and kid from Lexington, Cooper Wood, mm. I think. Yeah, so. I think it, it was uh, Connor. Connor Wood. Okay. I, I, I knew Cooper Wood wasn't right, but he's a former – baseball coach at BGA from back in the day. Ah. So, um, and, um, in class five, a, <laughs> we no, had, just skipped that one. We had, um, Caleb Fortner. See, I, I even pronounced it right. <laughs> Caleb Fortner from Knoxville central Prince Collie from David Crockett and Destin Wade from summit were your three finalists. Um, Fortner and Collie, both seniors, Fortner, an Army commit. Collie, a Notre Dame commit. Destin Wade, a junior, uncommitted. Four-star as of this morning. Got his fourth-star Got his fourth-star. There we go. There we go. Good for him. Um, there's one There's one star still out there. Yeah. Let's see how I, that goes. I, we'll see. Yeah. I, it's hard to get that fifth one as a quarterback. Well, it should be. It is hard. Yeah. But – um. You know, we we ran down the resumes, the full season resumes for each of these three guys, and and you can hear it on the podcast from yesterday if you'd like. But I I felt like the the Notre Dame commitment of Prince Collie and his numbers, to be fair, again, I uh, rushed for fifteen hundred and sixty two yards, ten touchdowns, ten one hundred yard games. He had 109 tackles on defense, 59 solos with 11 tackles for loss. I think he's projected as a linebacker at Notre Dame. So, um, you know, you just rarely see defensive guys get this award. But this defensive guy did get this award. Prince Colley from David Crockett is your Class 5A Mr. Football. And, you know, to be fair, as, as we talked – we, we listened to the stream of the event yesterday, and when you heard the numbers for Destin Wade, which, again, were regular season numbers, not including the playoffs, unless you looked behind the numbers, you heard those numbers. They reported 698 rushing, 713 passing. Uh, we had him with 713 rushing and passing. But at any rate, you heard those regular season numbers and you just kind of went, eh. It just didn't. Without noticing that those numbers were compiled in 17 quarters of football. That's less than five games. I think, I think that's, a, that's really important. Like, that's a detail that, like, needs – even if you don't say 17 quarters, even if you just say six games. In less than, in less than six games. Yeah, I mean – Less than five games. That he played. Te- technically, yeah. yes. But they but, played six regular season games right. because they lost four to COVID. So, you know, I, that, I just a, hope. It's a pretty big detail. It, it, and I just hope that the people who were responsible for making this selection were aware of all of that and still said, yeah, we get it. We've crunched the numbers. We've done the math. And we feel like. This guy is the guy. 
I, I will say this. Collie had um, he had some solid offensive numbers too. Yeah, they weren't. I mean, they weren't you know fantastic. But the fact that he played both ways, on, you know, in Class Five A at that level, and and did what he did. David Crockett finished nine and three. They actually played eleven games on the field. They lost in the second round of the playoffs to South Doyle, the same team that put out Fortner and Knoxville Central a week later. But and and yeah, you know, I, I think that there is something to be said about the the going both ways, and in, in terms of maybe value to your team and and that type thing but I just hope and I know that it has been the case before I hope that you know the Notre Dame thing did not play too much of a role I guess we can say it may not have since other others didn't play such a big role so let's just go with that okay <laughs> I I guess We'll give them the benefit of the doubt this year. What do you I say? Do that. But you know, it's okay because as I as I tweeted yesterday afterwards, Summit is having their ring sizing in the gym Friday at eleven o'clock. Destin Way will be there for that. That's right. <laughs> that's what he don't cares think about. they're sizing any rings at David Crockett. Yeah, and that's what he cares about. I can assure you. Yeah. Um, so. Just want to mention real quick, Mason Motley out of Farragut. He. Um, has been battling a rare form of cancer for several years now. Got on the basketball court last night. He also writes for their school newspaper about high school basketball. Plays on the team. Got into the game last night. Hit uh, Had a nice little uh, dribble and uh, to the left. Set up a 15-foot jump shot. And it was contested. They didn't just let him score. But he knocked it down and scored his first two points of the year. So congratulations to that young man. That was really cool. When we come back, we will talk about hoops action around this area as well as some wrestling on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Welcome back again to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yow here along with Maurice Patton, and we are having a lot of fun this morning talking about high school sports and Mr. Football and awesome moments across the state over in Knoxville. I will say this though, he uh, on his writer, on Mason Motley's writer um, profile, it says that he's an, an Ohio State fan who occasionally roots for Tennessee. <laughs> 
that, that goes over well in Farragut. In Farragut. That's what I was thinking. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, man. Lots of hoops action around the area last night. I got a chance to get out and about around town. That was a lot of fun. And um, I was out in Spring Hill for the Summit Centennial game as Summit welcomed back four of their football players, including starters Trey um, Trey Hunter and uh, I almost said Hartwell. Trey Hunter <laughs> <laughs> that would have been news to Scott Blade. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Graham Schneider. Graham, a um, who, who he he kind of showed up late in the football season and started putting some numbers up with, with some receptions with mm-hmm. playing tight end and defensive end. And I tell you what, Trey and Graham fill out that basketball uniform a lot better than some of those other kids. Hey, be uh, nice. Be nice. Alex Pollard, who we love. Great, great kid. Uh, he just, you know, you can tell there's a, some Jace Kirby. You can tell there's some young kids on that team. Well, they just haven't quite gotten to the weight room and filled out just a, a little bit, and yeah, they'll get some weight on them. To be fair, though, Trey Hunter is a full-grown man. That is a man. <laughs> My goodness, that kid is massive. Hey, yeah, yeah. As, as massive as he looks in football, I can't imagine basketball. Yeah. Dude has – I mean, how he wears the number five jersey, I'll never know. <laughs> Some guys are too big for single digits. He would definitely be one of them. But he plays guard. So there you go. Yeah, he play he, he plays a three guard. So he's, well, I say small forward-ish. But he, he, he carries the ball at the court. Do you remember the kid, and I say kid, it's been about 10, 15 years ago now probably, that played at Mississippi State, who who's he was from Glencliff High School in Nashville, and I cannot remember his name. He was a JUCO, Jamont Gordon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, <laughs> that kid. He he wore number five too. In um, at some point, I know he wore, I guess forty four mm-hmm. at Mississippi State. But he just yeah, he had that chest. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what Trey Hunter sounds like to me playing it's pr- guard. It, it's pretty funny, um, and not in a bad way. It's just yeah. when you look at him, you're like, God's a big guard? old dude, <laughs> and and he's playing guard. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah, they uh, the, the boys did not get off to a great start last night, um, despite getting back four players. But uh, Jim Faye told me he said, "Look, we've not had any time together. Right. The kids that I've got." that have been playing for me this year are young. You know, the only other time they've played for me was before football was through last year. And they just don't understand, you know, the way that I want to play. And he, he has a specific style of basketball. And I, I asked him, I said, you know, are, are you just kind of, you know, when you get these basketball players back, are you just kind of trying to rely on athleticism to to get to the basket and, and to make some plays and, Whatnot, he said. I'm looking for any offense we can execute. I don't even care what it is, <laughs> because they haven't what, had whatever time works, to learn one. Huh? Yeah. So, yeah, so, so you it. you would think that the Christmas holidays are going to be big for Summit when they have some time when they get all their football guys back. Right. When they have some time to get in the gym and not necessarily have games be the focus, that they can, you know make some sort of a dent in all of the time that they have not had. 
notably missing from last night on the on the hardwood was both Destin and Keaton Wade, who did play basketball last year. Um, Coach Faye was not – he felt confident that they would be on the court, but did not say any absolutes. Right, right. So, but, I mean, hey, let's give him some time. Let's, let's let him rest a little bit. Yeah, well – I'm sure that he's sure how much rest Keaton needs, but well, with that foot, who knows? Because that's how he injured it was basketball. So, you know, that's it is what it is. But I'm sure that that the football players who who wanted to rest, Coach Faye said, take some time. Yeah, and the ones that said, I'm ready to roll, like Trey and Graham, both starters, though. So, I mean, I guess that makes a difference. I'm sure. Destin or Keaton would be a starter. They they have no size. They're, they're just not very big, tall wise. And Centennial and Centennial does have a little have size. size. I um I saw them a couple of weeks ago against um down here against Columbia Central, and they brought a kid off the bench, uh, Lincoln Aholt. Yeah, I think that he's about six six. Yeah, six seven. And I did he start last? He night? did. Okay. Yep. Because <laughs> I was trying to figure out why he was coming off the bench, especially since they didn't have Patrick Garrett when they played at Central. He's that dude, that guy. That's what I understand. He 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 can handle the basketball very well. He makes good decisions with it, and last night he was the catalyst. I mean, he he only scored thirteen points, but he was the guy who who I guess. Got everything. He plays point guard really mm-hmm. well. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you're a really good point guard, you cannot score a lot of points, right? And still be the best player on the floor. Oh, absolutely. And, Anthony and Hardaway. <laughs> I think I think I kind of saw that to some degree um, Monday night out at Mount Pleasant with the um, Kamari and Taylor kid for Fayetteville. I mean, he just runs things that you know. It's important. Direct. Yeah, you got to have one. It's it's definitely tougher to win without a good point guard than it is with one. Back in the day on a NCAA basketball, you had what was called a floor general. <laughs> yeah. Um, reminds me of Andre Turner down in Memphis back in the day. You don't know nothing about that, but trust me. He was he was that dude at that time. Um, anyway, your final score from last night was what, 51-41? 51-41 in the boys. The girls, Summit, I, I call them the Spartan women because – Historically, that just it it makes a lot of sense because Spartan women were very mm-hmm. athletic. They were very, you know, they had a lot of rights. Unusually, uh, from back in the day, mm-hmm. so the the Spartan women had a lot going for them. And I don't really like to call them lady Spartans because Spartan women were not ladies in any sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to call them the Spartan women from now on, and they dominated. I uh, held held Centennial to. Centennial to just two field goals in the first half, zero in the second quarter, and the only two field goals they did score in the first half were in the last two and a half minutes of the first quarter. Uh, <laughs> it was it was wild, uh, to say the least, and Summit knocked down five three-pointers. They looked really good. Uh, Coach John Wild wasn't overly excited about uh, his, his offensive performance. thought they were a little sloppy, and they did have several turnovers. Well, to be fair, I'm not sure that John Wild gets – Overly excited about anything beside meat and threes. Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> meat and threes. Oh, uh, so yeah, we are we are going to have him on real soon, and there may not be a single sport 
discuss yeah. when we do. Exactly. Um, so big win for them as well. Other uh, other action around town, do you have that pulled up? I got some um, of it pulled up. Um, CA? I'm multitasking or, over here. Um, CA with a big 73-55 win over Battleground Academy um, last night. Excuse me. Tanner, Tanner Ham right in the middle of that yet again. 19 points, um, 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Um, CA 21 of, 24 of 31 from the line um, compared to 10 of 16 for BGA. And in an 18-point game, that's pretty much the difference. There you go. Um, four players in double figures for Columbia Academy in that one. Um Will Jackson with 11, Hayden Morgan and Griffin Cooper with 10 each. So um, the Bulldogs improved to 5-0 and with that victory. On the girls' side, BGA wins 66-43. Kirsten C. with 23 points for BGA. Um, Jalen Hickerson with 14 and three threes for the Lady Bulldogs. It's a big uh... – Big night there for for the CA Bulldogs. Um, real quick, we I, I just got an email, mm-hmm. and we we have to talk about this as quickly as we possibly can. Unfortunately, we, matter of fact, we may just wait. Let's just wait. It's I, your I'm call because I have wait. no idea what you're talking yeah, about. I'm just going to wait. We're going to talk about it only because we only have a few minutes before we get to Coach Brian Coleman on Coach's Corner. Okay. And I don't want to get into this too much. So we'll just go over this. Independence fell last night. Nolensville's boys 56-54. Nolensville outscored Independence by four points in the fourth quarter to earn the win. Um, Cameron Bell led the way for Independence with 17 points. Uh, And the rest of that, the the rest of the box scores that we have are girls – uh, all girls action, Coffee County girls 62, Columbia Central 42, but Columbia Central was winning at halftime uh, 24-23, and Coffee County, almost half of their second half points came from free throws, including um, leading scorer Bella Vincent over for Coffee County. Of her 27 points, 17 were free throws. Well, which just shows you how hard she is to guard. Well, that and how, Im- I guess, how aggressive that Columbia Central knows they have to be in order to play with Coffee County. Now, in the first half, you, you slow it down, you try to figure out how to, you know, try to try to keep the game in your pace clearly coffee county was able to speed the game up in the second half so and and bella vinson is a david it's a lipscomb university signee and i think she's a steal for lipscomb university she's clearly the best player in district a triple a and you know it, it, it could almost be said that central held her to 27 points right well if you hold her to 10 points on field goals, that's pretty good. All right. All right. <laughs> I mean, that, that yeah. ain't bad. Oh. Well, except she's going to the line enough to hit 17 from there. So. Unfor- and she don't miss much. When she yeah. goes, she don't miss. No, no. So. She's, 
she's a heck of a ball player. And if you didn't get over to um, Hardy Lloyd Gymnasium last night, you missed a treat because she's something. Meanwhile, Josie Parks and Janiah Riley each with solid performances for Central in the loss last night. They they did have good good games. Fifteen for Josie and twelve for Janiah. And I tell you. You need to get out and see the Central Girls team. They're pretty good. Because, and in, in, I'm, I'm saying this from the point that they have been held to fewer than 10 wins, I think, each of the last five years or so. I'm going to go out on a limb. Say oh, that yeah, Say good. that ends this year. The, yeah. these, these young ladies, aside from Coffee County, I think they're going to be competitive with every team in that district. So, well, they the, the district picked them. Eight AAA picked them to be in the middle of the pack. So that's yeah, expect. That's yeah. where I expect them to be. Yeah, anywhere from from two or three down to five or six. I, I don't, mean, I don't expect them to be much lower than that. I'd, I'd not be. I'm, I'm expecting them to make a region. I agree. This year, so and and good for, job, Coach Bug. From where they've come from to here, it's it's been a long it's been a long road, and clearly we're just here on December 9th, but. I mean, I, I think that they are setting some expectations for themselves, which is an improvement. Absolutely. One other game that you don't have, um, Santa Fe boys went over to McEwen and fell 59-56 last night. Um, Andy Slaughter with 19 points. Colton Stewart with 11 for the Wildcats in that loss. Caleb Wilson, 27 must have been the number last night because McEwen's Caleb Wilson – with 27 points in the victory for the Warriors. So, uh, finally, Summertown Girls 51, Forest 44. Um, Summertown had to come back from a halftime des- uh, deficit, but out- but doubled Forest in the third quarter, 16-8, which is the most important quarter in basketball. <laughs> And Riley Long with 18, Haley Jones with 15 for the Lady Eagles. And that is that. Um, Big wrestling tri-match, Columbia Central, Eagleville, both at Spring Hill last night. It was senior night for the Raiders. They recognized um, Isaiah Brooks, Jeffrey Jessup, Kimonte Fry, and Isaac Juarez. Prior to that match, Spring Hill split, falling to Eagleville, defeating the Lions, which was probably the most important, yeah. obviously. Um, Central also lost to um, Eagleville. So, decent night for Spring Hill. Central making their season debut and um, saw some good things out of a couple of guys. Tay Kofer and um, Kamari Smith in particular. So... Central will be back on the mat tomorrow against visiting Marshall County. Spring Hill will be up at Independence for the Independence Duels on Saturday. And you can see more on that match from last night on the website at SM-TN Sports. Also, Summit went to Brentwood and won 36-30 last night. There you go. We will probably elaborate on some more basketball on uh, the other side of Coach's Corner. Um, one game in particular, but involving a local school. So we'll just tease that. Pretty big, pretty big, uh, important win uh, this week. So we'll talk 
about that and more. But when we come back, we're going to talk to Summit head football coach, Brian Coleman. I'm sure he's a busy man this week. He, he's been, on, he's yeah, been on a ton of radio I'm and TV. Gonna pr- and- I, I really appreciate him taking the time to, to visit with us since he's he's already been on these airwaves once this week. Right. So when we come back, we will talk to Coach Coleman. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. 14 minutes to the top of the hour here on this beautiful day in Columbia, Tennessee. Much much prettier than yesterday morning as we get blue skies here as we look out the window on Front Porch Radio. Across the front porch, where there sits a radio. It's a very old radio, too. That, that radio has been around. It's it's seen it, it's heard some things. It's heard some <laughs> it's things. Played some things. It's played some things. It's done all kinds of stuff. But yes, we are excited to be joined by Summit Head Coach Brian Coleman on Coach's Corner here on Wednesday, which is brought to you by our friends at From the Heart Cafe over in Chapel Hill, just off of Nashville Highway near the 99 intersection, and where you can get some of the best food. They Rubens French Dip. The burgers are out of this world. And the desserts are out of this the dis- world. The desserts are out of this world. She's fantastic. Renee does such a good job. And pick up a book. You can buy one. You can read one there. Have some coffee. It's a great little spot. I bet Brian Coleman's been to From the Heart. Don't, I, don't you I still live? I haven't been there yet. You've I not been, been there yet. I've heard about it. Uh, you need I've to go. You need yeah. to. You still live over there, right? I do. I still do. I do. Uh, yeah. Kind of been busy a little bit lately. So uh, <laughs> you have maybe been, I'll get out there now. Uh, you, pro- <laughs> I, you may not even have to pay for dinner when you go, Brian, after after your most recent exploits. Um, congratulations uh, I, I again. In, thank you. But I will in Chapel Hill. There, there you yeah. I'll have to pay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <No>. Okay. <laughs> Hey, don't don't worry. the The owner of the 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 owner is a Will is a Wilco uh, grad. She's she's from Franklin, so you're good. Okay. Well, I might be good then. Yeah. <laughs> since since they beat since they beat you guys, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Them them Chapel Hill folks still mad at me. I think six Uh-oh. or seven years later. Oh oh <laughs> oh well, well. No big deal. We're good. We're good. We're good. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, like I said, congratulations. And we saw we saw a tweet last uh, yesterday that um. Ring sizing is Friday. 
Ringside Miss Friday. It's exciting. Uh, you know, getting some mock-ups done. Oh, man, it's, it's awesome. Uh, it's a great feeling. Kind of sinking in now. Got a chance to watch the game last night. Matter of fact, uh, hadn't watched it yet. Uh, man, it was it was sloppy. <laughs> it was a sloppy game. Uh, I gosh, the refs were the refs were on us. Uh, we were sloppy ourselves. Uh, you know, I'm glad that that didn't really influence the outcome. But uh, in one word, I would have to say sloppy for sure. But you know, we got the win. State championship. Exciting times for sure. You know, it, it just felt like, Brian, that game really never had a lot of rhythm to it. And I would attribute a lot of that to the 25 penalties. Yes, you're right. I mean, anytime, I mean, even then, if they get a good game, they, they had a penalty. We got a, any kind of sizable game or even or even a score, uh, Jolly's got called back. But, you know, some of them were legit. Some of them I, I would, <laughs> would love to argue about uh, and did a and little did. bit, but just didn't want to. <laughs> Didn't want to push it too far because I know I know how far to push it, not so uh, especially being on TV and things like that. So uh, they didn't want to get shown up, and I, I understand that. But you know, you can't be too ticky tack. I mean, it's just like an NFL or a college game. People have said you could throw a flag on every play if you're so huge. You know what I mean? So uh, I mean, it was just it was rough, and and I explained to the guys the other night on what was going on with our illegal shift. Uh, it's just something we've done all year, uh, and they just wanted to, wanted to do it differently, which. Uh, is not in the books. I mean, so uh. <laughs> that, that's that's got to be a tough adjustment to try to make when when you're doing the same thing that you've done all year, and all of a sudden there's an issue with it. Yeah, and and you know you form a habit, and I mean that's what we do with these motions. We we do it so much in practice, we form that habit, and you know get in that get in that time frame. So what I mean, what we would do is Justin would say down, and the offensive line puts their hands down. We started that just because we get them in kind of a preset before the play, and they can kind of look around and, and get their blocking assignments right and move around however they want to and get the play. So then when Destin says down, they put their hand down and they're ready to go. But then he says down, put their hand down, and then he brings usually Switzer or Bray, whoever we're bringing in motion, he brings them in motion. Well, you just have to wait like a Mississippi or a click before you bring them in motion. So it's down right. and then bring them in motion. Well, they wanted more time in between the down and bring them in motion, which one second is the rule. But I mean, they right. they it's get one set, count. then you bring them on. So, what? Anyway, it, luckily it didn't matter. But it <laughs> yeah. was a, it Long was frustrating. <laughs> it was frustrating for you, I know, but it's frustrating for us on the sideline who who understand the rules. Well, and can't it's frustrating argue. for us yeah. who have seen you do it all year. That's the thing. It's yeah. like, what are they doing differently? Nothing. Nothing. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, consistency. Well, anyway, win the win, no complaining. We're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's hard to complain, it, but and I know it didn't feel like this for you because when we spoke at halftime, I mean, obviously you're frustrated with the penalties and that sort of thing, and it wasn't yeah. just the it wasn't just the the illegal shift penalties. I mean, it was a lot of different penalties, and yeah. but it for for us at twenty one nothing and then twenty one seven just before halftime, it just still it, it just felt lackluster. It was like it was hard to get excited because we knew that I, – I mean, we never felt like the game was in question, Maurice and I anyway. <laughs> I know. Like, did you ever get that feeling like, you know, I, I feel confident that we're going to win this game no matter what? I believe that we six, will win. <laughs> after the pick six, I felt a little I, I felt oh. a little bit better about it. Uh, but before that, no, because, I mean, they had big play capability. I mean, you know, that, that – 
the running back could break a big one. Uh, you know, and, you know, but I mean, our defense is playing great. So I'm just that's just me as a coach being nervous. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, even that touchdown they got that that was hard earned. So they they had to scratch and claw for every yard they got. Uh, you know, thanks thanks to our defense for sure. And that's something that you have to be proud of, Brian, I would think, is that you did make them – you made it hard for them, which is what you want to do. But yeah. to actually go out and do it, it's got to be a good feeling. Yeah, Coach Mountain had a great plan. They're, they're, uh, they were kind of short pass type team. So what we did – and it helped having Keith back. So what, what he did was uh, we'd go three deep and have four underneath. And, and it would look like we're only rushing three. So it looks like a small box. It looks like there's only three or four in the box. So uh, they wanted to run the ball to that, that, that small box. And uh, they just couldn't. I mean, our, our defensive line did a great job of being gas sound. The linebackers were feeling appropriately. And, and even Brady and, and they were just – and Jolly were bringing – were coming in from the safety positions and outside linebacker positions and, and filling in holes. So, uh, I mean – when they saw that light box, they wanted to run the ball, and they just couldn't. So uh, I think they got a little frustrated with that. Uh, and then, I mean, we tackled well. I think I thought that was a, a key to the game. Uh, even when they hit, did complete a short pass, they paid for it and didn't get anything after that. You know, catch and tackle was, was a huge key, I think, also. I assure you that Joe Gaddis was very frustrated. <laughs> he said he told yeah, me after the game, like night, yeah. he said, yeah. they weren't so concerned with our run game. And he, he was, you know, he said – Everybody else has been worried about that, and we've been able to throw the ball a little bit. But, yeah. you know, you were able to stop them with the the five guys up front. Mm-hmm. And, they, mm-hmm. you know, if you can't block the five guys up front, it's hard to do anything on offense. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And, yeah, they, they, we, uh, we frustrate them a little bit, which is good. I mean, but, hey, we had played some good – I mean, nothing, nothing gets those reds, but we had played some good – running backs and running teams. You look at Beach and Henry County, now those are running games. You know what I mean? Right. They're, they're one of the guys that say, uh, everybody knows it's coming, stop it. You know what I mean? If we're going to go right here. You know we're going here. We Everybody knows in the stands we're going here, and we're going to still get four yards. And, and that's the way Beach operates in Henry County also. So that's a second run game. And, and Oak, I mean, Oak Ridge is kind of – they they were – they had morphed their offense more towards the end of the year when they made their playoff run into uh, passing offense, going empty and stuff like that. So it's it's hard to uh, probably practice that all week and and then try to be a good running team when when they haven't been doing it lately. Yeah, twenty four total rushing yards in the game. That's a yeah. that's that's really impressive. That's championship defense. I mean, and and here's yeah, the thing: yeah, is yeah. it wasn't yeah. it wasn't just that game. Outside of the beach game, the entire playoffs, you you allowed less than 80 yards, less than 100 yards rushing for the entire playoffs outside of Beach. Stop the run and don't turn the ball over. That's, hey, that's the key to winning, I believe. We've always felt like that. You can win championships every time doing that. There's, there's no yeah. question. How, you know, how did it feel when the moment was over and, and the relief, I guess the pick six when you kind of knew – it was it like how, yeah. how does how does fifteen to eighteen to twenty weeks of preparation just <laughs> evaporate? Well, it honestly it didn't hit me till about uh, Sunday. <laughs> you can That's put your when feet I'm up and relax and, and play up. I mean, uh, my college roommate coached for Peabody, so I we made the trip ah. back up there on Saturday. Oh, so, uh, kind of yeah. He uh, he's a coach for Peabody. He's offensive line coach for Peabody. So and his son's a quarterback. So 
I went back there, uh, you know, that was at three o'clock. I didn't get home Saturday night till probably about eight and crashed and just out. And probably it. Sunday was the first day I'd sat on the couch for, for hours. I mean, that's too much information, but, uh, but Sunday was the day I kind of exhaled. But I mean, you're sitting there and, uh, and the clock's winding down. You just, you just, you mean, just kind of look at the kids is my biggest thing. Just watch them, watch them, you know, have excitement on their face and kind of look back at the stands and everybody's all excited. Just kind of, soak that part of it in you know because man the kids earned it man they they fought their tails off they did everything we asked them the family did i mean it takes a it takes a village for sure especially in times like this to uh to even have a season so you know when i'm number one we're very appreciative of everybody and, and really thank them for for helping us out and all that they did so that college dorm room is two and oh then Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are, yep, are yep. they they going to put a plaque up outside that room or anything? They should. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. State Special champions are made alone, here. So. There we go. <laughs> the cra- the cradle of state champions. Yeah, yeah. Who'd yeah. have thought? Yeah, we're we're visiting with Summit State Championship football coach Brian Coleman on Coach's Corner, brought to you by That's- From the Heart out in Chapel Hill. Be sure and stop in. Um, you may see Brian Coleman making his first visit out there. So, um, Coach, um, obviously this was your second trip to Cookville in as many years. Yeah. This one obviously feels better than the one before, but did, could you see, I know you talked about leading up to, but could you see a difference in this team going into this game as opposed to last year without a doubt without one doubt i mean you go all the way back to that friday night of beating him county we celebrated they celebrated for about 10 minutes <laughs> bus ride home they were i mean it felt like right after that they're locked in i mean i told the guys celebrate but we're not finished and just their faces you could just tell it that week of practice just uh, it was just yes i mean i didn't i wouldn't have told anybody that during that week uh I was just, I mean, we are like, coaches were like, man, they're, they're locked in, man. Just, they're ready to go and had a great send-off on Friday. We know it's a student body and cheerleaders and, 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 and parents and, and people from the community. And they got on that charter bus at 1.30, silent. It was, got in there. We did a walkthrough at a church and ate, silent. They were, they were locked in, and it, it was a great feeling. You know, when you get those kids that locked in and at that age, you know, you believe good things are going to happen for sure. So, Last year was, was invaluable. I mean, we didn't believe it at the time, you know, and, I mean, it sucks last year, silver ball, but it was such a learning experience and, and a step that, that every program needs. I mean, that was a step that we had to take in order to, to achieve this state title. Absolutely. And now you move on up. Moving on up. Oh, yeah. The toughest, the, the toughest uh, region in the state, but you know what? You've been playing these teams for a while. So, it, it, you know, this is not something new for you. This is for this program. These kids, they're prepared. You, they, you know, to play in that, in that region, you have to have been there and they've already been there. I, I believe so. I mean, of course we play Indy every year. We had Franklin on the schedule. Sure. That was our only loss. Uh, we always scream at Centennial. We all, and Riverdale's not in that region, but they're a comparable team. We always scream yeah. at Riverdale. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, yes, I think we're, we play freshman JV against, I mean, it's the Wilk, we play that Wilco schedule against Ravenwood, Brentwood, all of them, uh, sure. freshman JV. So, yeah, it's not going to be a huge shock. And 
I mean, it's, like you said, that's, that's going to be fun, man. That's great coaches, great programs. Uh, it's going to be fun week to week. And, and our Dagum non-region is going to not be too great either. I mean, we've got we got to go back to Henry County week one. We've got Beach on the schedule. We've got Spring Hill. We've got Blackman. So, I mean, <laughs> it ain't going to get any easier even with non-region. Shelbyville is the other one. So, those are our non-region Jeez. Uh, yeah, I know it. No, Who no, made yeah, those great, schedules? Great, great yeah, whoever, schedule by the Dagum head coach. Yeah, whoever whoever made that. He, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. you, ought, to, you ought to fire him from schedule making. <laughs> amen. Amen. <laughs> but I'm telling you guys, nobody, they don't, I mean, you make phone. Ain't no telling yeah. how many phone calls. They, nobody wants to play. I mean, and that's a choice that coaches make. I mean, it's, they don't have to play us if they don't want to. I mean, <laughs> yep. so. <laughs> I get I it. I mean, and they and they know the twins are coming back. They know Brady Pierce is coming back. I mean, they they do their homework before they say yes. <laughs> and uh, and you get in a you get in a situation where Henry County and Beach and Blackman and all them they were looking for games too. So they were in kind of the same boat. You're like, oh crap, okay, let's just do it. Whatever. Well, and let's Beach is Beach it. is moving up too. So. You know, He's moving up too. Yeah, you're right. You 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 still get a chance to play them in the quarterfinals. <laughs> that that might be the one to sign off on right there oh, before he hangs God. up on you. Hey, coach, you 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 mentioned on Monday night you were on you were on the show with with JP on on uh, TriStar Sports Live, and you mm-hmm. had one word for the ring. What mm-hmm. what is that one word that the ring has to be one thing? What is it? Colossal. Awesome. <laughs> it's going to be huge. It's and if that, going to be yeah. And if that's not yeah. perfect for the Spartans, I don't know what uh-huh. is. There, so, <laughs> so what you're saying is you guys are going to do forearm curls with the ring then. Is that it? Hey, Amen. We ain't even going to be able to We were looking at Miss Lamb said, you're not even going to be able to put your hand in your pocket. If that's, that's exactly right. That, that's that's point. Why would I put ring. Why would I put my hand in my pocket? Yeah. Hey, exa- no. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot! There you go. Yeah. What was that Jim oh. Croce song where you're waving his rings up on everybody's nose? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's going to be Coach Coleman over at From the Heart. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, man. Especially at From the Heart, Coach. Thanks so hey, much. Oh for- yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, the grocery store everywhere over there. <laughs> Coach, exactly. thanks so much for joining us, man. We, we we appreciate your time every time. It's always a blast. And you, uh, congratulations once again. Thanks, man. Thanks for everything y'all did for us this year, uh, covering everybody, covering our guys, and really, really appreciate y'all too. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, that's Brian Coleman on uh, Coach's Corner, brought to you by From the Heart Cafe over in um, Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill, and we appreciate his time as always. He does a a fantastic job. Always a great interview. So when we return, we will talk about uh, some local coaching news and as well as some really big basketball news we didn't get to in the last segment because i wanted to get to i wanted to elaborate just a little bit on this one it it, it deserves elaboration it absolutely does so when we come back we'll talk about all those things on southern middle tennessee sports today it's also wild wacky wednesday it is wild and wacky wednesday man can't wait lots of stuff to talk about in that segment as well we'll be right back on southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint the southern middle tennessee sports today podcast is brought to you in part by the rock place custom stone handlers covenant technology by design cabinetry and mid-tennessee bone and joint Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years, specializing in orthopedic injuries. Their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. 
Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yalmo Patton on the other side of the 10 o'clock hour. We uh, appreciate you guys hanging out with us, as always, here on WKOM Stereo 102, 101.7 FM. I was just reading the sign. That's what it says, Stereo 102. It's in stereo. We're not in mono. We're in stereo. But if you just go to 102, you're not going to find it anymore. I think, it, you know, when you actually had to twist the dial. You had to be real close to 102. Yeah. <laughs> These digital dials. They'll... You mean like the radio that's sitting out front? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, You that, that's a, that's not a digital one. So I, Those were the good old days, man, when you, you had to be real careful and get real close. And, and then, then you would miss. And it would get staticky, and then you'd get it clear, then be staticky just on the other side of it. You had to, you had to have some, some really Little talent. Yeah. It, well, I mean, those fingers had to be just, just right. <laughs> it's tough to do. Tough to do. Man. Oh, as we mentioned on the other side of that break, uh, coming out of Coach's Corner with Coach Brian Coleman, some basketball news that we didn't get to yesterday because, well, we didn't know didn't about have it. it. Um, that being said, a massive win by a Murray County school over McEwen on Monday night. You have the details? We do. Um, Hampshire, which had opened the season 0 for 3, 0 and 3, extending their losing streak to 47 games, came up big Monday night. Got a 41-point performance out of Cameron Bass to defeat McEwen. And I'm stalling here a little bit because I'm trying to get that in front of me. Here we go. <laughs> um, 63-58, Hampshire defeated McEwen out in Hampshire. Again, um, Cameron Bass... With a game high 41 points, um, three threes in that game. They hit McEwen with a 20 point second quarter to rally from being down 13 9, took control of the game there, went up 29 26 at the break, and closed it out. Which, when, um, when I was out there last week talking to John Paul Jones after their loss to Collinwood in their season opener, you know, he felt like. This team was capable of some pretty good things. Um, Cameron Bass only played in the second half of that Collinwood game because of some um, off-court issues. But he scored a a team-high 17 points in that loss. So um, they are kind of built around what he does from the perimeter and driving the ball as well, and clearly a big night for him. Peyton Bass – Peyton Seaman – added 12 points for Hampshire in that big victory. Again, um, their first after 47 straight losses. So, um, big win for them. Unfortunately, unable to build on that last night at Cornersville as they went down 62-36. Again, Bass with 13 points in last night's loss. Only Hawk player in double figures. But, you know, got that long long streak off their back should be a lot easier for them to play. 
And that McEwen team, as was pointed out, just beat Santa Fe last night, 57, 50, uh, 59-56. So, right, right, right. Kinda, yeah, kind of adds a little luster to what Hampshire was able to get done on Monday night. Well, it adds some luster to that Hampshire-Santa Fe game that's inevitably coming. Oh, yeah. That's going to be fun. Big District 10A matchup. They will um, they will be getting started in their district play after the holiday break. And, yeah, that'll that'll certainly be something to keep an eye on. So, you know, nice. Nice, nice to see them have some success out at Hampshire. As, as we were told yesterday, they've got nothing but churches and wineries out there. So, <laughs> churches and wineries. And, and they're not Methodist and Catholic churches either, which would explain the wineries. Yeah, so it's 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 an interesting <laughs> mix weird. for sure. But um again, big win for John Paul Jones and the Hawks. Congratulations to them. And we didn't mention in that last segment the Hampshire Girls, a forty seven twenty nine winner over Cornersville, uh, as well as Carly Rowland had eighteen. Her sister Courtney had eight to lead the Lady Hawks. They're looking for some big things after going to the region last year. Oh, yeah. So. um, And only had one three-pointer. So, I don't know if they normally hit threes, but. Not not a great deal. Not this team. You know, they lost their two really good guards from last year, the, the Jones twins, Abby and Emma. Gotcha. Yeah. But. They are. They, they, this is a very good team that is looking to build on the success of last season, and I think they can. And the boys are looking to keep up. I, I'm proud uh, of them for that. So That's big. Congratulations to the Hawks and their win on Monday night. Um, Moving on back to football. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a story on the website uh, yesterday, went up. Dakota Cruz, new head coach over at Summertown High School. Old defensive coordinator, new head coach. Yeah. He um, just joined the staff around this time a year ago, came in in January of 2020 to um, serve as defensive coordinator under now former coach Leslie Moat. And, you know, he spoke to that a little bit in the article that we've got that, you know, you you never expect to – see someone that you work with um, lose their job. And it, it took everybody down there by surprise, everybody as far as football went, because they were just, you know, going back to work and trying to improve on this three and six season that they had had. And, but he's, he's excited about taking over the program, 30 years old. Felt like he might be a little young, but um, clearly the administration did not feel like that was the case. And so that'll be something to keep an eye on as Summertown heads into a revamped Region 5-2A next season. That'll see both Mount Pleasant and Richland joining them and Lewis County moving out. So that thing should be pretty wide open between – and and Eagleville's going out as well. Eagleville's going back to Class One A. So, yeah, you you've got a little movement. You got Forest, and then kind of a toss up. Mm-hmm. 
And Forrest isn't exactly a you know a lock to win the thing, but yeah. they are the the team that's coming back from hosting would, a playoff. Game. I would say immediately as you look at that region, Forrest would be the team to beat because you've also got Summertown, you've got Richland, you've got Mount Pleasant, right. Cascade is coming in there, and Loretto. Cascade a kind of a perennial a playoff team at least yeah. uh, they they typically make the playoffs and uh coming out of that region uh four two a so this is a uh like you said it, this one should be one hundred percent wide open ready for the yeah. taking yeah and i I will be in, extremely interested to watch it play out next year now. And, and the thing is, you know, we expected Summertown to be where they were early in the year, and I'm not real sure what took place down the stretch. I know they lost, I think, four games by one possession. Yeah, it was not. And so, you know, you, you flip those, and all of a sudden, what, three and six becomes, what, seven and two. Sure. So. Uh, I mean – so that's 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 kind of tough. That's a tough way to go, but um, especially losing to Eagleville and and community in the last two weeks is mm-hmm. not what you expect from from that Summertown team, especially with the the guys they had. Uh, but a, a, a lot offense. of those guys are back, particularly the quarterback Colton Schaefer and the um, the running back slash wide receiver Javen Edmiston. So and Anakin so, Johnson. So they've got some talent over there, and and it'll be interesting to see what Coach Cruz does with that nucleus well i guess the uh i mean this is a guy who spent time at oakland mm-hmm. guy who played at lewis county and coached at lewis county um he is am i reading this right he's the only mr football in the history of lewis county that's correct look at that and then uh, spent his collegiate playing career at a school that shall not be named Maribel College. I wish is I, where I, I wish I had not read that. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> but um yeah, so congratulations. We've we got to put together a list of schools that, that shall not that be named. That you have issues with. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, and, um, and I'll tell you why I have issues with them. Uh, matter of fact, we may just do that one day. We may just go down the list of why do you hate this X. school? Yeah. We'll just have to do that. But um <laughs> I can hear JP asking me that. Like, I can just hear him going, why, why do you hate Mary? Yeah, what did they do? Yeah. <laughs> it's not necessarily them. It was the NCAA. But um, anyway. So, Summertown has filled its coaching position. They have. I'm curious, did did, did you ever did, – did you hear a number on how many people applied for that thing? You know, I talked to Lane Henson, the principal at Summertown, when I went over there for the page game couple weeks ago right before thanksgiving i guess and he had said then that they had interviewed four and they intended to interview four more now i did not follow up how many people actually sent in resumes yeah yeah because apparently there are 75 resumes sitting over at mount pleasant right now for a job that has not been posted so there's that um, it is open, though. It is open. Just hasn't been posted. Hasn't been posted. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a lot of interest in an open open coaching position in the middle of a pandemic. It really is. And, you know, 
I don't feel comfortable mentioning some of the names that we've heard at this time, which really sounds like a tease, and I don't intend it to be that way. It's just that, you know, we, we don't have it officially. Sure. And I don't know if we're going to get it officially, but at any rate, some of the names that have been associated with this opening that has not been posted um, tell me that they are going to have a chance to hire a really good coach. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how. You know, I don't know the resumes of these seventy-five. But I know the names I mean, that I've heard. But there are there are at least five or six that are impressive names. Yeah. So, and <laughs> and names that are names that are recognizable to high school football fans in this area. if you're paying attention yeah yeah so um like i said the administration at mount pleasant is going to have a chance to hire a good coach um i, I, I think just, the administration at mount pleasant got rid of a good coach but that's neither here nor there right uh, you, uh, we have our issue with the fact that the job is open mm-hmm. but now that it is we have to just go forward right and, and, so, and hopefully the next person can improve on 38 and 37. And four playoffs. And four playoffs in seven years. Maybe. Um, and I do hope they can. Yeah, I mean, oh, because, absolutely. Because you want to see everybody around here be successful. And I think, I think that's a school that can be successful. Uh, it's going to take, it's I, gonna take a specific type of coach. I think it's a school that was going to be successful. Without a coaching change, but who am I, and what and what do I know? That being said, it will take a specific type of coach, a type of coach who who can recruit the hallway, who can keep those kids who are playing on the field, a guy that commands respect, a guy who when you when you say his name, you go that guy knows how to coach. Yeah, and and I think. You know, again, with some of the names that we're hearing, if it's one of those people that comes in here with with one of those resumes that's going to resound throughout, you know, the the community, throughout those athletes and, and other folks like that, it's, it's going to make people sit up and say, okay, we got something here. I, I think the reason that's so important is because I believe that Bronson Bradley had gotten to that point. So you can't lose what he had built. Yeah, I mean he he was active in the community. You know, you you he was out at, you know, the middle school and and the youth league games and that kind of thing. His his daughter is on the basketball team down there. Um, I and mean, his wife's an assistant coach with the basketball team. I mean, they were visible, and I think they had, you know, kind of earned, like you said, that that cachet in the community. And yep. so now somebody else has got to try to come in and, and earn that from ground zero. And so if they can throw some re- a resume out there that says, Hey, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, and this is what I want to do here. Then that's going to help ease that transition. I think. Oh, no question. So it's going to be interesting to watch whomever is hired. Uh, we will be rooting for them mm-hmm. to be successful for sure. And 
I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch play out. We, from what we understand on the timeline here, we expect finalists or a hire by January 11th. Yeah, because January 11th is the next board meeting. Am I am I correct? That I don't know. The board of Education will meet again on January 11th, and they okay. need a they need a coach to submit to, take to, the, board to the board for that, for that meeting. meeting. Okay. Yes. That makes sense because I think you need somebody in January because February you're start. I mean you're you're starting workouts in January and February for you know spring to start up soon. Okay, so if that's the case, then we're talking about a month, basically, to get this done. So the clock uh, is ticking, and there you go, the clock is ticking. All right, that's going to do it for the first segment of this hour. <laughs> <laughs> we have have more coming up on the other side of the break. We'll actually talk a little bit about some, I guess we're going to go north a little bit. And a uh, couple new investors in the Nashville Stars. And if you don't know what the Nashville Stars are, we'll tell you what that is. When we come back. On the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stay tuned. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, coming up on the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour here on the 101.7 FM. As we prepare to get through the last half of the week, as I will be here tomorrow morning, but I will not be here Friday morning, so that should be fun for for you guys, as you'll get to a break. We'll figure something out. Hopefully. Uh, so long as, you know, our producer and your hopeful co-host is feeling better. And we hope he is. Certainly. So, yeah. um, I will be in the beautiful Smoky Mountains. Do love the Smoky Mountains. I know you're a beach guy. I am a beach guy. That's okay. I won't hold it against you. Thank you. <laughs> um, as we told you on the other side of the break, the there are some new investors or not investors. I don't. I, I'm not sure what exactly they're. I think. They're doing. I think they are investors. Uh, are they investing yeah. some sort of something? Um, 
into the Nashville Stars. Now, the Nashville Stars, if you're not aware, um, is an organization hoping to bring Major League Baseball to the Nashville area. That's the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. They expect and would like to have an the relocation and rebranding of an existing uh, franchise would be considered. The focus is the approval of an expansion franchise, which I don't think is possible or probable. And the goal is completion of a new baseball stadium in early 2024 and commence competition in the spring of 2024, which is not that far away. No, it's not. Uh, as we sit here in December 2020, they in, have in the middle of a pandemic, right? Um, they're hoping to create a a stadium experience much like what you see in Atlanta with the battery. Um, that would have a, I guess, um, an entertainment type district. They 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 plan and would hope to construct the stadium. Right next to Nissan Stadium, uh, in between the pedestrian bridge and uh, Korean Veterans Boulevard, where center field would go directly in in the middle of those two bridges. It would have a retractable roof, uh, a covered entertainment living room, which I assume is somewhat a place like at the Battery where you sit down and watch the game with the stage and that that sort of thing. Rooftop bar, of course, because this is Nashville. You can't have a building without a rooftop bar in Nashville. That's against the rules. <laughs> Condo, hotel, tower, parking, um, obviously connection to the pedestrian bridge, which would make total sense. Um a connection to Titans Way, which would go directly to Nissan Stadium, which I'm not sure. I guess in September, that'd be... Can you imagine having home games in August and September at the same time? Shoot me now. <laughs> no, I can't imagine. Uh, they would have to realign the the, rail, the railroad to in order to do this because that railroad, you know, that, that, mm-hmm. that park right there, I'm sure the dog... Dog moms would be real excited about this construction. I'm sure everybody in East, in East Nashville is excited about this because I remember how bent out of shape they were about the inconvenience of Sunday home Titans games on that side of town. I'll say this. The renderings look cool as heck, but... This isn't a good idea. At least for for me, the fan. Right? Now for Darius Rucker, Luke Combs, apparently you said Kane Brown, Justin Timberlake, and Eddie George, I think it's a great idea. They're putting money behind it. He's now a Eddie George is a board member of Music City Baseball and the chair of the real estate development advisory group the chair chair it, it's hard to tell Eddie George no in Nashville real hard for this, most people 
Now we got a hundred people moving here a day, supposedly. Back in before pandemic, mm-hmm. a lot of those people don't care. <laughs> if it was Terry Bradshaw, maybe or Lynn Swan, because half the people who live here are from Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's it's an interesting situation all the way around, and and I don't want to sound skeptical. I just don't know. I covered the Nashville Sounds for a long time in a, in a former life. And they play a 144-game schedule, in which half of those are at home, so that's 72 dates. 72 dates is a lot of dates during, you know, from April to August of knowing I'm going to be here for this amount of time, 72 days between April and August. The Major League Baseball schedule is 162 games. Half of that is 81, which is more than 72. I just don't know how many people there are. (laughs) I was told there would be no math. Yeah, well, I, I just don't know how many people there are when the rubber meets the road that are willing to invest that kind of time from April to September. Here's my here's my biggest or, issue. Or, or invest the money that comes with investing that kind of time. This is my biggest issue, and it's that right there. We have the NHL. We have the Titans. Have you tried to get tickets to either of those things? I've not. It's a lot of mm-hmm. money. It's far too much money for the average Joe. But I can get a $10 ticket to go watch the Nashville Sounds, watch really good baseball, enjoy a day at the ballpark, which is the most important part. Okay? These these major league ballparks are turning into miniature cities. It's all entertainment driven. Mm-hmm. I want to go to the ballpark. I want to have a hot dog. I want to eat Cracker Jacks and peanuts and take me out to the ball game. Am I old? I, 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 I want to drink a Bud Light without having to refinance anything, personally. <laughs> exactly. I want to just sit there, enjoy my time at the ballpark, and watch baseball. It's supposed to be boring sometimes. It's supposed to be mundane. It's supposed to be relaxing, unless you're a Braves fan. <laughs> and it's heart complications. But that's why I love minor league baseball. We need an affordable sports option in this town and major league baseball does not provide that no it does not and you have to remember that first tennessee park was just built what five six years ago yeah and 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 the sounds and the stars can't coexist literally they cannot you you can't have them I, i think that there are some type of regulations that prohibit them both being here. Okay, but Gwinnett and Atlanta well, are 35 miles apart tops, mm-hmm. 25 miles apart. So uh, maybe we just build this stadium outside of Nashville. <laughs> Let's build it in Hendersonville where I don't have to I, deal I with it. 
but I, I don't think I don't think that the synergy that they're looking for exists in Henderson. It does not. It does yeah. not. You know. Um, we can and I get put that. it in the middle of a uh, Nashville Super Speedway. They already got a there's a structure already there. Plenty of parking. I just I, I'm not a fan of the idea. That's just me. I'm not a fan of the idea. It's not that I don't think that Major League Baseball would work here. I, I, I don't know that it would. I'm not sure Major League Baseball would work here. I don't know. What I do know is that it's not affordable because going to a Braves game is not cheap. Now, the battery ain't too bad. Mm-hmm. you know. And I would probably go down there and watch ball games in their little living room that they have. I would probably do that, but it's 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 just there needs to be an affordable live sporting op, sports option, uh, and we don't have that, or we do have that already. We don't need something that's going to take that away from the regular Joe. So that's just me. That's that's my opinion. Uh, I will say this: they got some some heavy hitters. Uh, their their baseball board is impressive, um, which includes Dave Stewart, by the way. Smoke. Uh, yeah, Dave Stewart is a baseball advisor, and he's on the board. Uh, you talk about not being able to tell somebody no. Wait till that guy walks in your office with that cap brown pulled down, and you can barely see his eyes. If that ain't intimidating, I don't know what is. I've always been a Braves fan, but I love watching him pitch for the A's. Dude's he great. Was something special. Uh, Tim Corbin, can't tell him no. Yeah, they they went out and got some folks now. Roe Coleman, R. A. Dickey, Chuck Goggin, uh. Is it Farrell Owens? Who passed away about uh, a week and a half ago. Okay, so he's no longer uh, he's no longer on the baseball advisory committee. Walter Schultz, Barry Zito, and this one hurts my heart, Todd Jones. Dad gum it. Hmm. Thought I knew you, Todd. <laughs> no, I mean, I can understand though. I mean and Tony Larusa, by the way. I don't think he's gonna be on the advisory committee after I don't think <laughs> now that he's working, is he working? We don't know. Uh, apparently, if he is, he shouldn't be for numerous reasons. But <laughs> either way, that's that that is a that's a laundry list of some heavy hitters of some heavy hitters. Now, music industry advisors include Kicks Brooks. From Brooks and Dunn, Kane Brown, Eric Church, Luke Combs, Mike Dungan, Larry Gatlin, of course, uh, Lon Helton, Ryan Hurd, uh, Steve Hodges, Marin Morris. Ryan Hurd is Marin Morris's husband, in case you didn't know who Ryan Hurd is. I didn't. Um, Darius Rucker, Justin Timberlake, and Mickey Guyton. So there you go. I wonder if she's also the uh, WWE advisor. <laughs> Gonna bring, gonna bring in some WWF to uh, to to Nashville Stars Stadium. So anyway, they they got a lot of heavy hitters, man. This is this is something that's it's a, it's a lot a of real, na- lot of name recognition there. It's a real possibility, is what it is. Whether it should be or not, <laughs> I think the logistics of it are fascinating because. You know, you talk about Atlanta, and it's about a four-hour drive from here to there. Um, Cincinnati's about five hours, roughly. St. Louis is about six. So, you know, we're sitting here in the 
nexus of this National League triangle. I've always said if baseball ever comes to Nashville, it would have to be an American League team. Which would be unfortunate because I wouldn't mind seeing the Braves four times a year in Nashville. Well, with interleague, you still could. Yeah, depending on what division they're in, I guess. I don't know. I just – I can't imagine the Braves, Reds, and Cardinals really being enthused by this. I'm sure they're not. So – Because folks travel from – and make no mistake, Nashville is Braves country, Cardinals fans. Nashville (laughs) is Braves country. You want to be a Cardinals fan, go to Jackson. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you definitely got to go across the river. So – Anyway, that's 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 my that that's our spill on uh, the Nashville San- Stars and the Sounds, I guess. Yeah. Um, apparently, as our friend Joe Williams would say, that's just our opinion. Ought to be yours. Exactly. <laughs> uh, real quick, we're going to take a quick break, and on the other side of it is going to be Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Really excited about that. But before we go to that break, there were two OVC basketball games played yesterday. Did you know that? I did know that, actually. I did not know that until just now. Murray Murray State, the Racers, extended its home court win streak to 24 games, the fourth longest streak nationally with a win over Austin P. A six uh, – wait, no, they beat – yes, yeah. they beat Austin P. Sorry, this does not equate. Um, they beat Austin P. pretty handily. They were up 20 early yeah, in that game. 87-57 was the final score. When I show you this graphic, you're going to see why I thought okay. that was confusing. Mm. Um, <laughs> Belmont goes to four and one with a seventy nine sixty four win over Tennessee State. So there you go. Those were all, those were OVC openers for all those teams. Is that right? They were. Yeah. And excited. Yeah. Really cool. Um, Belmont's got a freshman, Luke Smith, that is generating a lot of buzz early on. So remember that name, Luke Smith. That's Luke an Smith. easy. It's an easy name to remember. Anyway, on the other side of the break, we will talk about wild and wacky stuff from across the world, the country, and everything. It is Wild and Wacky Wednesday, and we'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stay tuned. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It is Wild and Wacky Wednesday here on the airwaves of WKOM 1017 FM, 
Chris Yao along with Mo Patton. And Wild and Wacky Wednesday is brought to you each and every week by our friends at JJ's Barbecue. JJ's Barbecue located at 900 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. It is the oldest family-owned barbecue restaurant in the Mule Town. And if you go, you should get the Mule Kicker or a half potato and a tea with with meat, loaded potato for six fifty nine forty nine six fifty, basically less than seven bucks with tax from for lunch. You're speaking to my hunger right now. I know it. I'm always every time we do this show, I go. I guess we're going to JJ's for lunch. <laughs> exactly. Good goodness gracious! You, you why are, why is your computer yelling at you, Mo? That's wild and wacky right there. Yeah, hey, uh, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I scrolled across something that decided to play, and that's okay. Yeah. All right, so it, it's wild and wacky Wednesday. We need we need something, um, you know, to kind of get us started here. And this is something that we came across. <laughs> Monday. Monday on our way back from from Pulaski as um, the UNLV, Nevada Las Vegas quarterback, apologizes for a racy below deck sushi stunt. Apparently. Now, you got to set this up. Explain below deck first. Apparently, the quarterback at UNLV, Max Gilliam, was a part of a a, a reality TV show called Below Deck, where a group of friends get on a yacht and they film them, essentially. Uh, also on the deck, obviously here, was a uh, a couple of ladies. And during the show... Let me just read you his apology. Let, let's just do that because that will explain everything that he did or at least that he thought he needed to apologize for. Quote, I would like to apologize for my poor judgment while on the TV show Below Deck and acknowledge that I have made a mistake that I will learn from. While it was not my idea nor any of my friends' ideas to eat sushi off of a model, I should have exercised better judgment and declined the idea immediately when it was brought up by the producers. This is not a reflection of my character or the way I was raised, nor a reflection of the culture of UNLV football. I would like to humbly move past this and focus my time and energy on our game against the University of Hawaii this weekend. So apparently he ate sushi off a scantily clad model uh, wearing very little clothing. And if any, someone got Someone said about took issue it with this, yeah. Um, I'm just not sure that an apology was necessary. Maybe I'm, maybe, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm not conservative enough. I don't know, but this doesn't seem like something you should apologize for if you're the quarterback at Nevada loss. Vegas. UNLV, the running rebels. That ought to be part of the scholarship. <laughs> I mean, that should just come with it. I, I told you when we first came across <laughs> this, 
I was reminded of the, the guy at the end of the movie, A Few Good Men. What did we do wrong? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to. I don't. I do mean to make light of this. I, I don't mean to be. Yeah, disrespect- because there's nothing. There's nothing. I, I, it's I not don't a mean to situation. be disrespectful of anyone. I do mean to make light of this, but I. I mean, you're dealing with a college quarterback, so he's what. You're 21, 22, 23 years old. I, I like your on list. A yacht. I liked your list. Just give him the list. He's 22. He's on a yacht. And she's there's, naked. They're scantily clad females. What did we do wrong? What, what did you expect? <laughs> yeah. I mean. my My biggest question here is, how did he get on this yacht and on this TV show when he's a scholarship athlete in an NCAA school? Okay, I'm going to go back. Below, uh, reading from Wikipedia, Below Deck is an American reality te- television series on Bravo, debuted in 2013. So nobody Chron- saw this, basically. It was <laughs> on Bravo. Chronicles Sorry. the lives of the crew members who work and reside abo- aboard a super yacht during charter season. It shows the crew as they deal with their personal issues in order to make their professional careers work. It sounds like from what we saw that um, he and a friend were on this yacht. The friend arranged it and it had nothing to do with UT, um, UNLV football or anything of the such. So just a couple of college kids on a yacht. I just is this not like an improper benefit though? If your friend pays for you to go onto a yacht, like well, I would ima- I would imagine there's some sort of a pre-existing relationship though. There, I mean, it's not like a booster paid for them both to go on the yacht sure. or anything like that. So, I, I think it's probably a gray area. <laughs> I guess, uh, and I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think you can prevent college athletes from doing everything I would just hope because not. they're college athletes. So, um, you know, JP says the show follows the crew via via yeah. text here. Um, but at any rate, uh, I don't I – don't, I'm not sure what Max did that – Warranted an apology? Yeah. Nothing. So let him let, – let him move on. Let him – Play Hawaii this weekend, and hopefully the game is not in Hawaii because there might be yachts. There, well, and there are definitely scantily clad women there. There's no question there. Oh, and I bet there's sushi there. There's too. probably sushi there. So you know what? Let's hope the game's in Las Vegas because it's Las Vegas. There's definitely scantily clad women and sushi there. So I anyway, mm-hmm. it is what it is. We got uh, we got some more wild and wacky to, to get into because. Um, Speaking of cl- scantily clad people, mm. Mo, grocery stores all around have signs that say masks are required. Perhaps they should put signs up requiring pants because cops in uh, Talmadge Township, Michigan, these townships, man. Liberty Township. <laughs> Got a call on Monday about a guy walking around a grocery store completely bottomless. Completely bottomless. Completely bottomless. I mean, this is not, you know, this is not what you would normally 
see, but um, I guess maybe, um, I mean, there could be a good reason for it. All I'm saying is. What would it be? This is your Action News reporter with all the news that is news across the nation on the scene at the supermarket. There seems to have been some disturbance here. Pardon me, sir. Did you see what happened? Yeah, I did. I was standing over by the tomatoes, and here he comes, running through the pole beans, through the fruits and vegetables. Naked as a jaybird. And I hollered over to Ethel. I said, don't, don't look, look Ethel. And it's too, too late. late. She'd already been in the scene. Here he comes. Boogie dad, boogie dad. There he goes. Boogie dad, boogie dad. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He's just a big fan of Ray Stevens. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so he got in his okay, car. Okay, okay. So you you said there could be a good reason, and, and that was it. He's just all a right. fan of Ray Stevens. That's all. <laughs> he, he, he left. He actually, they didn't call the cops while he was there. The cops did not show up until uh, someone got his license plate number. An officer pulled him over, and when the cop got back to his car, the man took off running. <laughs> Uh, they did. They did catch him, and uh, we assume he was wearing shoes. But I guess you never know. <laughs> He's looking at several possible charges, though. So there's <laughs> several, whatever those may be. Several. Oh man. So yeah, here he come. <laughs> there you go. Boogity boogity. And he ain't wearing no clothes. <laughs> Don't look at though. Yeah, that was my. My thought there was uh, it's unfortunate. Anyway, uh, so that's wild and wacky in itself. Mm-hmm. Finally, one more, one more. Um, at some point, you've probably heard that you're eating tiny pieces of plastic all the time, but there's no way that you knew how much. H- have you ever heard that, that you eat tiny pieces of plastic all the time? I've not. I- I've heard spiders when you're sleeping and that sort of thing, but I've now I don't. Apparently, the World Wildlife Federation, the WWF, just ran a new study and found that we all consume a credit card's worth of plastic every week. Oh. Okay. Uh, In one year, we eat the equivalent of an entire dinner plate's worth of plastic. In 10 years, we eat the equivalent of a lifesaver flotation ring. And in our lifetime, we eat the equivalent of two dumpsters. Full of plastic. Two dumpsters. So, how is it affecting us and how can we stop it? Well, scientists don't know yet how eating so much microplastic affects our health, but it probably can't be good, right? Uh, How do we stop it? Well, you stop pollution, apparently. That's, you know, this is save the turtles. Um, Yeah, so... I was not really prepared for um, for eating plastic today. Nor I. Yeah. So, thanks for sharing. Could be worse. It it could be worse. That's all I'm saying. It could be worse because I got one more. Why not? Why not? Just some taboos that should never, ever be crossed. A woman named Marquita Green posted a video on TikTok of the voicemail her grandmother left her after her grandmother accidentally sent her a nude photo. What is it with today and all the scantily clad women? Marquita says that she, quote, can't even function at work while she listens. 
in her voicemail, her grandmother says, quote, I apologize so much. I meant to send it to my friend, Brian. Please delete that picture from your phone. All right. There you go. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. That was Wild and Wacky Wednesday, brought to you by our friends at JJ's Barbecue over on Hatcher Lane. Go visit them as we are about to. We'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. We appreciate you guys listening. Stay cool, Columbia.